0: Welcome to Petrifaction. I'm your host, Petey. And if you like stories about ghosts, monsters, vampires, the weird and mysterious, UFOs, Bigfoot, and other cryptids, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, friends, be prepared to be petrified. Today's show is going to be about the hunt for the skinwalker. This was a book written by Colm Kelleher, Ph.D., and George Knapp. And we're going to get into this story a little bit. I know in previous episodes this season, we've touched on Skinwalker Ranch a little bit. Um, But with this, we're going to get into some detail. In the other shows, it just wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough to bite your teeth into, more or less. So today's show maybe even a second part to this, we'll have to see how long this goes, will be about the Skinwalker Ranch. And it's going to be a lot more detailed and give a lot more information. So let's go ahead and get into the story. Tom and Ellen Gorman and their two children bought a ranch in northeastern Utah in the fall of 1994. This was the Badlands of Utah. Now, Tom was an expert in cattle ranching, and this had been his dream for a very long time, and he finally had saved up enough money, and he got the ranch at a pretty decent price. So they purchased it. they lived in New Mexico, so they weren't familiar with anything in Utah or stories or anything, So they went ahead and they purchased this ranch and they moved from New Mexico to Utah. On the very first day at the ranch, they encountered what they thought was a very large wolf. Tom had excellent eyesight. He was actually a sniper. And from a very large distance, he could see a creature that was approaching the family as they were moving into the house. On the very first day when they were moving in, they had cattle that they had put in a pen and they were moving furniture and everything into the new home. And from a distance, Tom could see a creature and it looked like it was coming towards them. At first, he couldn't tell what it was, but as it got closer, Tom, who had eyes of a sniper, could see that it looked like a wolf. And it approached them, but it was very large. It was a very large wolf, way bigger than a wolf should be. But it seemed tame, and they had just thought, well, all right, maybe the neighbors were raising wolves as pets for some reason, and one got loose. And it seemed okay. It approached them. It allowed them to touch it. They actually pet the wolf. And it just seemed that the wolf gained their confidence enough to rush over to the pen where the livestock was being kept and it grabbed a hold of a calf through the fence and it wouldn't let it go and this poor little calf was bawling trying to get loose and the wolf wouldn't let go tom first hit it with a bat and nothing happened so he had his son grab a rifle and he shot it multiple times. The bullet seemed unaffected. Eventually, he got a right a bigger gun. Um, this would have been a gun that would take down a deer or maybe even an elk. And he blasted it with this gun. And actually, they saw a chunk of fur come off. And the wolf finally let go of this little calf. And it wandered off. And Tom is pissed at this point. So he and his son go and track this beast and they get down through the property and they come to a creek area and they can follow the tracks and the tracks are really deep because this thing is huge. Later on, they described this wolf as being a dire wolf, but dire wolves have been extinct for 10,000 years. So anyway... Tom and his son are tracking this wolf. They get to this creek and they see clearly the tracks. They cross the creek and they're following the tracks. And then all of a sudden, the tracks vanished into thin air. They just stopped. The tracks just stopped. They were very clear, muddy tracks. They followed these tracks and then... 30 feet, 50 feet, 50 yards. They could find no evidence of any more tracks. It was as if this dire wolf thing just vanished. The family saw this dire wolf many times within the next 18 months. So when Tom and his wife and his family moved into the homestead, the former owners had left it in a strange manner. They didn't leave like things in it, not like furniture or belongings. It wasn't like they had just abandoned it when like eating a meal and just left. It wasn't something like that. The former owners left the homestead with every door having large deadbolts on both the inside and the outside, as well as the windows being barred and bolted. Even the cabinets inside were locked inside and out. This seems odd for a house, but Tom and his wife just figured that the couple that they had bought it from, the elderly couple, were just a little eccentric. So they didn't give it a whole lot much more thought, but they did find it strange also a little bit strange and again thinking that the sellers were just a little bit eccentric is they put a clause in the sales contract that the new owners the gormans could not dig on the ranch and the gormans did find this odd but again they just thought that the former owners were eccentric so they really wanted the ranch didn't think it was a big deal Seems a little crazy, so yeah, whatever. If that's what you guys want, they just signed the sales agreement. But in the sales agreement, it was that they were not to dig without prior knowledge and consent from the former owners. As soon as they move in, besides seeing the dire wolf, they start to experience some strangeness or weirdness in the house. Tom's wife, Ellen, was the first to experience the weirdness in the house. For instance, things would disappear. Like car keys. They had a place for the keys. She'd set the car keys in its proper place. She'd go about doing something, later come back and need her keys, go to get them to retrieve them from their spot, and her car keys are gone. It might be days sometimes before they'd reappear again and oddly they'd tend to reappear again right where she left them although she was absolutely sure they were gone. No amount of looking for things would turn them up again or they'd come up in weird places when she did look sometimes in the freezer. And there were other things that would happen. One time in particular she went grocery shopping, and because they lived kind of far away from the town, she would go and buy a lot of groceries to last more than a couple days, more than a week, like a couple weeks worth of food she would purchase, because it was a distance to go from the ranch into the town where she could do her grocery shopping. She unloads the car, and they bring everything into the kitchen, and it's a big job because there's so much stuff that she bought. And she puts things away. And she knows she does this. She puts everything away. She walks out of the kitchen. Goes, I believe she was going to the restroom. When she returns to the kitchen, all of the groceries that she had just put away, that had taken her about an hour to put away, are back in their bags and sitting on the counters in her kitchen. She thought she was losing her mind. And she didn't tell anybody about this at first. It wasn't until later when others had experiences that she finally admitted that this had been happening to her all along. Now the strangeness did end up happening to Tom. He was out in the ranch repairing a broken fence using a post digger. It was about 70 pounds. While he's repairing the fence, he needed a pair of pliers. So he left the area he was working on and came right back. He was only gone a few minutes. When he returned, his post digger was missing. He thought that maybe the family was playing a joke on him. So he went into the house. and He said, who has my post digger? Well, Ellen and the two kids were in the kitchen. Ellen was preparing a meal. The kids were working on their homework assignments. They just kind of looked at him like, what are you talking about? We, we're here. We weren't outside. It wasn't us. And Tom gets mad. He thinks that they're playing a prank on him. And he doesn't have time for pranks. He's got a ranch to deal with. You know, he has things to do. He has to get this done. Well, he doesn't find the post digger right away. A little bit later on, also repairing another part of the fence. He's using a pair of pliers on a fence post. And he literally just... Turns around. He's using the pliers. He sets it on top of the fence post. Turns around to pick something else up. And when he turns back, his pliers are gone. Again, he has no explanation for this because he literally just turned around. It was maybe one or two seconds and it's gone. So he looks around. Did it fall off the post? Uh, he can't find it. And then he gets pissed because he doesn't have time for these games. He's got stuff to do. And again... He goes into the house and he wants to know who's playing pranks on him and the kids aren't even home. And Ellen is saying, no, I've been in the house. I haven't been out there. And he doesn't know what to think. So that point, Ellen actually admits her experiences and she tells him about her keys disappearing and about The groceries, bringing groceries in, putting them away, walking out of the room, and then only moments later returning to find all those groceries put back in the bags and on the counter again, and how she felt like she was losing her mind. It was at that point that they both realized that something wasn't quite right at the ranch, Just a little side note to get back to the post digger that went missing. Tom wasn't able to locate it for a while. When he finally did, he found it in a really odd place. He found it in a tree 20 feet up. Now, if you recall, the post digger weighed 70 pounds. Who on earth would take a 70-pound post digger and haul it 20 feet up into a tree. So that was also terribly weird. They thought they had trespassers coming along. One night, while they were sitting outside, just enjoying the night breeze, They thought they saw an RV out in the field and they thought they had trespassers. They thought somebody came in with their RV and was illegally staying on their property and camping. And they sat there and they watched. And I guess this had happened before. So they're just sitting and they're watching this and it seems like the RV's moving. And then they kind of realized that this thing seemed to be jumping the fences. And, you know, RVs don't do that. So it was very, very weird. And they're wondering what the heck that thing is. It's not an RV after all. As it got closer and kept moving, they realized it was about the size of a, of a refrigerator. And it had a white light in the front and a red light in the back. It made no sound whatsoever. And it did climb over the fences and at one point it climbed over trees that were 50 feet tall and it floated off. They would see this flying refrigerator thing on multiple occasions. Among the flying strangeness that they witnessed at the ranch included something they called a hybrid F-17. It looked like an F-17 fighter jet, but Tom and Ellen said it was smaller. It flew over the ranch in the winter of 1994. It flew silently over the ranch. There was no wind And it appeared to be floating in air 20 feet above the ground. It was jet black in color, and it was triangular. And they said that it was using a disco light. So it was a light that had all kinds of crazy colors and flashing lights. And it used this disco light, and it it appeared to be searching the ground on the ranch. And they wondered... Is this military? Um, it did. It looked like an F-17, only smaller. So he wondered, was this all some kind of military project going on in his ranch? Later, after this first sighting, Ellen had been at work and she was returning home to the ranch. And as she's driving, she actually sees a dark shadow come over her car and when she looks up 30 feet above the car she sees a black triangle the triangle paced her car the entire way back to the house she's watching this thing following her and it's obviously following her it keeps right above her car and it freaks her out she speeds up it stays with her she slows down it stays with her so it's absolutely pacing her She's terrified. When she finally gets to the driveway of the house, she's extremely relieved to see this thing keep going. It kept flying. It went up over the house, and then it flew off into the distance. Another time, Ellen sees the RV in the pasture. It happened to be when Tom was gone on a business trip. She was alone in the house. Uh, both the kids had gone to stay with friends. So it was just Ellen on the ranch. And she sees the RV again. Well, this time she actually saw a figure dressed in black inside the RV. It was seven feet tall with knee high boots and she describes him as wearing a visor. Needless to say, this freaked her out. She called Tom and had him come home. He ended up driving from the city five hours straight through the night to get home to Ellen because she was freaking out. When he got home in the morning... He and Ellen went outside the ranch and were looking around, and they found footprints that were left by this creature, and they were 18 inches long. At this point, they were scared. They were really scared, and they no longer went out after dark on the ranch. Those aren't even close to the only sightings of things in the sky. They saw orange objects that were sun-like. This orange object frequented the ranch. They saw this one all the time. Tom felt that it was some kind of a portal because at one point, while they were watching this orange object in the sky, Inside it, he he could see a blue sky, and he felt that this was a portal. He was absolutely sure. He saw the orange orb, orange object, and it kind of like opened up, and it was nighttime on the ranch, so the sky is dark, and you can see stars have the orange object, and he swears that there was a blue sky on the other side of this orange object inside through it, looking through. He wondered, what was it? Is that an alternate reality? Are there multiple dimensions? And again, he figured it was a portal to somewhere else. Another time, a black humanoid object crawled out of that window. Same thing. It was the orange orb. It opened up again like it had before. And it looked like a black humanoid crawled out of this. And yet another time, another triangle come out of the opening. So it was like a tunnel or a wormhole. They really have no idea what it was, but that is what they experienced on the ranch. And they kind of figure after that, it must be some kind of portal To another dimension or reality. Now, this part of the story is disturbing. Going to get into some cattle mutilations and uh, things that happened to the animals on the ranch while the Gormans were there. The mutilations began. Really pretty quickly for the Gormans. They'd been on the ranch not more than a few months when they experienced their first missing cow. It was an Angus cow and Tom could see the tracks in the snow. It was wintertime and the cow had kind of wandered off away from the rest, of the, uh, the rest of the cows, the rest of the herd. And he saw the tracks and he went and he followed it to try to bring his cow back. Well, He tracked the cow for hundreds of yards. It was a very clear track the cow left because it had snowed. But the tracks disappeared completely in a 50-yard clearing. It was as if something from the sky had come down and picked up this cow. There were tracks leading to the clearing and then nothing. And it was snow-covered, so you should be able to see tracks from the cow and this cow was never seen again. Tom actually wondered if somehow that portal had opened again and this cow had accidentally walked through it. By April of 95 there were four more cows that vanished on the ranch. There was a heifer that had become stuck in the canal. And they were busy herding up calves. And Tom's son had seen this happen. Wanted to get the calf that had wandered away back to the herd. And it would be pretty quick. So he left he left the heifer in the canal knowing he was going to come right back. He got the calf to the herd to its mother. He turned around and went back to the canal. And what he found disturbed him greatly. The cow had been mutilated in the few minutes that it took from the time he left the canal and saw her to the time he returned. Her entire rear end had been carved out. She'd been seen alive only minutes before. And should be pointed out that it happened in a heavy rainstorm. And then in July of 1995, another cow was found mutilated Her reproductive organs and rear end were carved out. In early 1996, they found two more mutilated cows... Another thing they saw in the sky were what they called to be blue orbs. The blue orbs had a hard exterior shell. It was almost like it was glass. Tom said it was similar to glass. And inside you could see a bubbling, boiling blue fluid. When it flew through the ranch, it made a crackling sound. And it caused an overwhelming sense of fear and terror if you got near it or it came close to you. Tom and Ellen said that it manipulated your emotions and it also affected electricity and lights. There was a period where it came close to the ranch house, to the homestead. And while it was going over the homestead and around it, it actually made the lights flicker and power go out. The lights would diminish in its presence. So it was like it was sucking the energy from the lights. The blue orbs were seen a lot on the ranch. For the most part, the Gormans left these lights alone. Like I said, they made them feel scared, terrified. They wanted to keep away from them. They weren't like a warm and fuzzy light, that was for sure. But at one point, he was tired of these damn lights being on the property all the time. He was tired of how they made you feel. And he had 3 blue healers. These are cattle dogs. And he decided he was going to let these dogs go after these blue orbs. The blue orbs were seen in pasture and they were they bothered the cattle, they bothered the horses, they bother, bothered the animals on the farm. And Tom was just like, well, let's see what the dogs do. And he let them loose. Normally, he'd never let the dogs go after these things. But this night, he just decided to let the three healers go. Tom could hear the dogs barking and going after it. And from a distance, he could see this blue light. It would be down around the ground a couple feet, maybe two feet off the ground, just outside out of distance from the dogs. The dogs were barking like crazy and they were snapping at the blue light. They'd lunge for the light and the light would jump up several feet into the air where they couldn't get it. It was almost like it was predicting what these animals were going to do. This went on for a while and Tom really thought he should call the dogs back but he didn't. He let them go. He wanted to see what happened. Unfortunately, the light the blue light, the blue orb, led the dogs away from the pasture into a a part of the property where Tom couldn't see past the trees. What he did experience, however, chilled him to the bone. It quit playing with the dogs. Tom could hear the dogs barking and going after this orb. And then... Tom could hear their cries of agony. It definitely was a mortal cry that he heard from his three dogs. It was a different kind of bark. And if you have an animal, you do know the difference in their bark. They're happy barks. They're, you know, just watchful barks. If you have a pet, I have two dogs, you really can hear the difference in the tone and the quality of the bark. And Tom could tell that this wasn't good he waited for the dogs to come back but there was only silence the dogs didn't return that night the next day he went to search for them and in a meadow he found three circles where the grass had been flattened he could smell burnt flesh. And inside this area, in each of the three circles where the grass had been flattened, he found in the center, greasy, black mess. This was all that was left of his dogs. These were his favorite animals. And it was at this point that he decided he was going to sell the ranch. And this was July of 1996. The Gormans had been there 18 months. Tom and Ellen's experiences on the ranch had gotten out to the community long before they decided they were going to sell. It had made the news. And when they decided to sell, they figured they'd have a very hard time. They, Who's going to want a ranch with all this weirdness going on? But because it had been in the news, it had actually gone, uh, not only just in Utah, actually, it had gone across the country, this story of this really bizarre ranch. So when he decided to sell, he did get a bite. Somebody with some money offered to take the ranch off his hands for a fair price. Bob Bigelow purchased the ranch in September of 1996. I think this is a good stopping point. We're going to go on to a part two. We'll make this a two-parter because there's so much information. So I'm going to go ahead and end This is part one, and you're going to have to come back next week to hear about part two in the Skinwalker Saga. that's all for today's podcast i thank you for tuning in and i hope you liked the show if you did please tell a friend give us a rating and hit subscribe if you have a story you would like to share on petrifaction you can contact me at pd at petrifaction at protonmail.com and remember to check out today's show notes for more information on today's stories return next time to hear more stories. And friends, be prepared to be petrified.